listeners, I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And we are bookish like that. So, Sarah, did you finish this one? I did. You did? I read it really fast. It was really good. It was hard to put down. It was really, really pretty. Yeah, it was a very pretty book. It's an odd kind of pretty, though. It was gothic. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty. It is. It was. She did something to you where you're not really reading anything super pleasant, but you love it. And it's not a super complicated story. No. This is a pretty short book. It's only 300 pages. Yeah, but there's something about it that you just love it at the end of it. Could you even say why, really? No. No. And another thing I really liked about this book, too, is it's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of her thinking. Mm -hmm. Like her talking to herself and her thinking her way through these weird things. And it's kind of funny because we've said on books before, like, there's too much explaining. Mm -hmm. But this one works. It does. (laughs) She did it right. Yeah. So this book starts off in Mexico City. And we're introduced to Noemi and her dad. And Noemi is a socialite, and it's the 1950s. And she's going to college and whatnot, but she's really just doing it to rack up degrees because she doesn't want to get married. Yeah. She's not into that yet. She's just having fun. She's enjoying being a socialite. Her dad is rich. She has no timeline. Well, her dad gets this telegram from her cousin, Kathleena, and the telegram is a little weird and doesn't sound like her. So Naomi's dad sends her to check on her. Catalina has married Virgil Doyle, and she lives with him and his cousin, Francis, Francis's mom, Francine, and their dad, Howard Doyle. So she lives with all of his family. Far away. She has to take a, uh, a train to get to Catalina. And they live in this ginormous, like, house mansion up on a mountain that's really hard to get to, so they're very isolated. They used to own a silver mine, but it's out of commission because everyone up and died. (laughs) And that's all we know, is just that they're all dead, except for the owners of the silver mine. And Naomi, is it Naomi? Naomi. Yeah. Her dad is kind of worried that Virgil is just with Catalina for the money, since they don't have any money coming in. So that's mostly what her dad's worried about. When Noemi gets to the house, she hates it right away. She's all bright and happy, and, you know, she's a socialite, and they're all in drab colors and boring, and you're not allowed to talk or ask questions. It's dark. It's foggy. It's misting. She's, she's hating it. She's not a huge fan. But at dinner, the first night she there, Howard makes an appearance. And Howard is like the main guy. He's the guy. old white guy. Yes, the old guy. <laughs> he makes an appearance at dinner and right away asks her some pretty racist questions about her skin and how hardy she is. And telling her that, you know, her people are good at reproducing. And she's just rolling her eyes on the inside and... At first, but at the end, she has like one or two things she says that kind of puts him in his place. And he kind of likes it. You can tell. It's which just, is, makes him even creepier. So next, she goes to see her cousin, Catalina, for the first time since arriving. And Catalina fakes being okay for a minute or two. And then she tries to tell her that she's hearing voices inside of the walls. And before she can finish like telling Noemi more about this... Francine comes in and tells her that it's time for her medicine and kicks Noemi out. But when she leaves, but before she leaves, Catalina asked her to go to town and get her some kind of tonic. And of course she agrees. 
Noemi tells Virgil that she wants a second opinion on her cousin's condition because she's not convinced about any of it. So Noemi goes to town and she gets a new doctor who is young to come see her cousin, but she also asked him where she can find her cousin's tonic. And he points her to like this witch doctor, basically. So the town is really poor because the mine closed. And so no one can afford to go to the doctor doctor. So they go to this lady and she gives them teas and herbs and whatnot to help them through their ailments. Well, this doctor lady tells her a story about a girl named Ruth, who was also a Doyle and Virgil's older sister. She was supposed to get married, but right before her wedding, she ended up shooting everyone. And it's this huge mystery as to like why she did this and why it happened. But now no one will go to the house or really associate themselves with the family because they think it's all cursed. Yeah, it was super brutal. And there was no backstory onto why she did this or no warning that it was going to happen. It just kind of seems that like one day she just did it. Yeah. And Noemi, she had little theories on it, but nobody really knows why Mm -hmm. it happened. So Noemi grabs her tonic and she gets out of there. And when she goes home, she doesn't have much to do. So she's just kind of exploring the house and notices that all of the women in the family portraits kind of look similar. They all have different names and dates, but their faces are very similar. And she's saying all the Doyles kind of look pretty much the same she's like it's so weird what a close looking family so she gets up and she just goes to explore the cemetery and while she's out there she runs into francis who's collecting mushrooms because he likes the way that when he they're pressed the spores make this poof pattern on paper it's kind of his art (laughs) (laughs) it's subjective and (laughs) he invites her to come look at them sometimes Because that's what every girl wants to do. Look at mushroom spore paintings. (laughs) Come look at my mushroom art. (laughs) But she likes him, kind of. She does like him. She throws him a bone. She says that he's pasty and (laughs) awkward looking. Everything you want to man. She's like, I really love him, though. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting close. She's the closest to him out of everyone in the house. She likes him the most. They do connect, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're starting to become friends. So the next big thing that happens is Noemi is starting to have these dreams. She, While she's having these dreams, they happen to be about Ruth. And Ruth is, this particular dream is Ruth on her shooting spree. And Noemi feels like Ruth is showing her and talking to her through these things. Like she's trying to communicate yeah, with her some way. Yeah, you start to get that the dreams are meaning something here. Well, in this one particular dream, Ruth says... After she's done, you know, her thing, she looks to Noemi and says, I'm not sorry. But then when Noemi wakes up, she's in Virgil's room because she slept walk there. And he's a super creep city here. He's starting to be. Ugh. At first you weren't sure. And no. now he is like, hey. He's creep city because she, <laughs> and honestly, like she did walk into his room and he was probably asleep. And all of a sudden there's this woman at the foot of your bed. But when he realized like, oh, she's sleepwalking. Ew. But also, like, he's kind of flirting. This is your cousin, or your wife's cousin. Like, and your wife is sick, and you're okay with that? Well, Nasty. Creep city. Yeah. Noemi and Catalina are hanging out, and then all of a sudden, Catalina starts having seizures. 
And it's so sudden, like Noemi calls out for help and everyone kind of blames her for this seizure that Catalina's having. And they say it's because of the tonic that she has been taking, even though Catalina is the one that asked Noemi for it. And she told Noemi that she's been taking it for a while. And so now Noemi isn't allowed to be alone with Catalina anymore. And at this point, like, okay, whatever. But also I feel like, where is Virgil during all this? Because Catalina is so sick. Noemi is spending some time with her and never once in this book so far has Noemi walked in with Virgil visiting her. Yeah. Virgil doesn't really talk about Catalina too often or seem to care at all. I think that gets me along with the fact that they were like, it was 100% Naomi's fault that Catalina was having a seizure. And Naomi's like, um, I'm just giving her the tonic she wanted. I really didn't have anything to do with this. I did not know it was going to be a seizure. And Naomi starts blaming herself too. And it's like, really? Y'all are not fixing Catalina, but it's, it's 100% Naomi's fault. I think that Naomi takes the blame because she's sitting in this chair, right? In like their like library or sitting room or whatever. And they're all firing questions at her and blaming her. And she's sitting there taking these yeah. bullets. I mean, it, she's young-ish. Yeah. Like you do start to think like, oh, you know, she is not married. Maybe there is some weird thing. I should have asked her husband yeah. before I did this. I should have asked the caretaker before I did this. I don't know the rules here. I'm not English well, and I'm not married. And Virgil would say things like, you think you know everything. Yes. He was super degrading. So, and he was really like, she kind of, I guess in a way did think she know everything without really thinking it you know like she was a pretty confident person but then again catalina said i have been taking this tonic and i'm out of it mm -hmm. so to noemi i'm sure she's thinking oh the doctor gave her this they know she's doing it she just said that she's been taking it for a while to me the whole thing is weird because francine has been taking care of catalina more than virgil even cares about yeah. it because the amount of rules in this house, the no talking, the no visiting, the no anything is really like surprising to me that Kat, or that Naomi would go along with it. I don't live here. I don't live here. Why do I got to do all that? I know I I'm know visiting, your... but you act like you can control me for visiting. Like, I don't know your English rules. Yeah. The next big thing that happens is Noemi goes to take a bath. And when she's in there, Virgil walks in and she's about to tell him to, you know, to like leave and yell at him. But when he smiles at her, like no sound will come out of her mouth and she feels just relaxed it's all of a sudden. I, at this point, literally as I'm reading going, oh no. <laughs> Run, no baby. But she can't. She's like, It was so creepy because Virgil, you knew, was kind of creepy. And then all of a sudden he's in the doorway well, while she's naked in the bath. And he's like rubbing her thighs and like kissing her. And this her. is her cousin's husband. I'm mm -hmm. like, no. And no, Amy in the back of her head is like... I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But also is starting to feel like, like I said, like relaxed and she can't make a sound yeah. or really pick up her She arms. doesn't want to, but she wants to. Yeah. It's a real mixture. Well, while he's, you know, being disgusting and gross with her, she keeps hearing this voice in her head saying, open your eyes, open your eyes over and over again. And finally she does. And when she does, she's not in her room anymore. She's back in Virgil's room. She's slept walk to Virgil's room again. And she, But she's wet. Like, she really did take a bath and fell asleep, got up, had like a robe on or something. 
Well, in the bathtub, he took the robe off of her. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, it was one the first time where it was, you didn't think she was dreaming, and then she was dreaming. The dreams get crazy. The dreams are pretty bad. At this point in the book, Naomi also finds herself getting pretty dizzy randomly throughout the day. And seeing things on the walls. She starts saying that she's seeing the mold on the wallpaper move and form. And then she'll look, blink, and shake her head a couple times. And then it's still. And then, she, you know, she'll go about her business and, like, see the another describing spot describing of this and the house is just beautiful, really. In a, I guess, gothic way. <laughs> Naomi is done. She's out. She can't do this house anymore. She packs up her bags and is about to head out when Virgil tells her, well, you need to see our dad Howard one more time before you leave. And remember, Howard is like the main man in this house. He's like the leader of this family. And he was also the one that was asking her racial questions at the beginning of this book. So she's he's left a bad taste in her mouth to begin with. And she has been kind of grateful that she hasn't ran back into him. And throughout this whole book, the family keeps saying like, oh, Howard is so sick. Oh, Mr. Doyle is so sick. And we have to be at his beck and call. And she doesn't quite believe it, but she'll go along with it because what does she care if this racist asshole is sick and dying? Well, when she gets to his room, he's in bed. It gets pretty gross here, guys. Sorry. She, it's, he's not just like in his bed sick and dying. He's covered in boils and has like these weird veins. He's naked. He's naked. Has these weird veins running all over his body and is poofed up. (laughs) He's puffed up like, like, um, I don't like a Cheeto puff. Just, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Who knows why, but I kept thinking out of all the description, I just kept thinking of him being puffy it's just like why but not like so gross it's the way she describes it though it's not like puffy like oh like a day or two of bloat but like his fingers are puffed his wrists are it's like somebody you know like when you blow up a balloon and you're like (laughs) it's like that just puffed guys like like somebody Okay, yeah. He plugged his and nose and put air into his boils and black pus. Because every book we read has black. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. I have never. I don't deal with pus too often in my day to day. Well, or black goo. It's nice. And so far, the couple of book, the last couple of books, I'm like, here we are with the goo and pus again. I know. Why is that a theme? I don't What's know. What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that this book was very similar in certain ways to the Southerner's Guide. With the monster part of it, and yeah. the 300 year old thing. Mm-hmm. And the isn't that so weird? It is. We weird. did not expect that at no. all for them to be similar. There's I, nothing in the description of Mexican Gothic that has you thinking there's going to be like a monster with 300 years and. Black goo. What is with the black goo? How come that's a thing all of a sudden in books? I don't know. Why are monsters all of a sudden a thing in books? It's a real thing. I don't know. And then what else did we say? The puff? The air? Blowing in someone's mouth? (laughs) It's just disgusting. Yeah. I love it. She's so descriptive. (laughs) She's so good, guys. We're not selling it. No, we're not selling it. (laughs) But it's so good. 
At this point, Noemi is screaming and she's trying to get away, but they're holding her down. And when they hold her down, they kind of like hold her face still. And Howard kisses her ish like he puts his mouth towards her and he blows like the this family goo. holds her to him though mm-hmm. so that he can do this which is also very very disturbing she's screaming and they're like you'll be fine oh god Disgusting. so creepy so when he blows this goo into her mouth it makes her have this vision type thing that's another thing let me pause right here again with the visions yeah there's a lot of them This is not the first book here recently that we've read where I'm like, she had this vision type thing. Mm -hmm. So monsters, goo, and vision are apparently our theme in 2021. And Mm -hmm. I I could have done without. Well, 2020 was a rough year. (laughs) Well, 2021 has goo and visions. So I'm not impressed either. Isn't that basically what we all dealt with? (laughs) Disgusting. Well, the vision is about Howard. And it's 300 years ago because that's how old he is. And it's how he started this whole forever type thing. And it turns out that the house has a fungus. (laughs) (laughs) And house has got a fungus. (laughs) Don't hate when that happens. Either the fungus kills you or it turns you crazy. But I think the point is to live forever. So Howard has been taking over the other men in his family's bodies and then marrying their, his sisters and their daughters or basically whatever close female is around will do. So that's how he is living forever. He's living. he thinks that he's keeping the bloodline pure by being with only Doyles. And then he takes over the oldest son's body or whoever body he wants to. And they all are like, makes sense, makes sense. Which... (laughs) Again, let's pause right here. This also bothered me because what we left out was prior to this section, Virgil has been flirting with Naomi and telling her. And, you know, after this part, Virgil starts saying to Naomi, I like you. I want you. You're beautiful. I would have picked you if you talked to me. And all of these like things, again, creep city. But if who cares? If Howard is about to take over your body, what difference does it make to you if you like Noemi? You're about to get possessed. Yeah, but they were lying about that part. But it just, I he just He was going to take over Francis's body, which makes sense in the end because Virgil was so into himself. But even if you took over Francis's body, what difference does it make? But you know what they're creating? They're creating a child that great 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 grandpa can have a child with it's disgusting i know it's so freaking creepy Mm-hmm. i mean like we said whatever females around but the house the reason why no amy is feeling dizzy and kind of isn't as sick as catalina is the house really likes no amy the house likes her cousin catalina too but catalina has been fighting it this whole time And the tonic that she's been drinking is actually kind of like a defense against Mm -hmm. the fungus. And so Naomi, Noemi kind of takes it too, but it's too late, unfortunately. I don't think that it really gets her very far, but Catalina has been finding it. Well, they tell Noemi that she has to marry Frances. And Franny Boy does not seem to be down with this idea and tries to help Noemi escape. But unfortunately, like we said, the house likes her and won't let her go. So Noemi decides that she just has to kill them. There's no other way. I mean, what other option do you got here? I don't, I mean, like, 
the world's not losing anything worth having. <laughs> it's like all I could think of was you got to burn it and you got to kill everyone. <laughs> you got to just get rid of all of this. It's got a f- fungus. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do about fungus? Yeah, yeah. Get rid of it. So uh, Virgil comes in. And he figures out that Noemi is trying to make a run for it. And he tries to attack her and take advantage of her. Well, while they're grappling, she ends up knocking him out and then heading to Howard. And then she takes Howard out and decides the only way to end this is to burn the house down. And she grabs Catalina and they get out. That's basically where the book ends. We left a lot out in this book because it's so good and it's kind of new. We don't want to ruin everything. There's a lot of twists and turns at Mm -hmm. the end. It is kind of suspenseful at the end. So I think that everyone needs to read for themselves on what happens to Virgil and Francis. Well, again, and this is a pretty, this is a newish book. Yeah. Like paperback just came out. I mean, for us at this point, it's a year old. I would have to say April of 2020 it came Mm -hmm. out. So So new-ish. But this book is so good. What would you give it? Oh, see, that's a hard one for me because it's so weird. I feel like our description is kind of stupid. (laughs) But it's so like, as you're reading it, you just want to keep reading it. Like there's nothing about it that's like, oh, I can't handle this. You know, this is too much. You, it's gross. It's creepy. It's gothic-y, I guess. But you want to keep reading. As I was reading it, I was thinking a 4.9. Ooh. I know. But then as the, it's been a little bit, a few days now, I'm like, really a 4.9? It's like, I don't know. Why was it so good? You can't even remember why it was so good. But when you're in that world, it's beautiful. I mean, she writes so well. It's because Noemi was so freaking funny. Na- oh, she was a good character. Oh, yeah, so she's a really good character. She's super charismatic and bright. And she, at one point, the doctor is doing a checkup on her. And we don't really know why at this point. But it was to find out if she was healthy enough to carry a Doyle baby. Mm-hmm. And she, like, puts her hand to her, her neck. And she's like, I'm scandalously healthy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you could have just said I'm fine. <laughs> dramatic but it's it's so so fun fun. and she knows she's dramatic like she lives with it she's like yeah she'll like stretch her neck out really she's like i really like how that looks (laughs) and i know it's my best feature with my lips yeah yeah she's hilarious she smokes she's like i just love how it looks (laughs) i give it a 4.5 yeah i would have to say i'm about there with you because i don't know after the few days after reading it it's like why was it so good but it was. I give it a 4.5 because it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. But there's not much story. No. It's a really short book. So, and the yeah, last the... 70 pages are where it starts happening. But the, like you said, it's just beautifully written. It's so, so pretty. And like, I agree with you. We were done with our descriptions. Because when you have to say it out loud mm-hmm. to somebody that, you know, he was just real puffy. There's a lot of books like that, where if you had to say it out loud, you're like, that sounds so stupid. But in the world, you understand it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this would be actually a fun movie if somebody did that. that. I I would like to see this one made into a movie. But I would be afraid that they would make it like too scary. And it's supposed to be creepy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm afraid they would make it like jumping out and stuff. But it's supposed to be suspenseful and creepy. I also really loved the way that Sylvia Garcia tackles 
race in this book because it's so subtly done. Mm -hmm. You don't realize it, but it's real. Well, race and sexism. I mean, Mm -hmm. she, this is a strong woman and And she wasn't supposed to be. No. And she's not here for y'all shit. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, but she's also feminine too. She's mm-hmm. strong and feminine, and she's okay with her race, and she's not here to be a baby machine for the Doyles. No, <laughs> and their creepiness. But these questions that Howard Doyle mm-hmm. asks her are so spot on. Yeah, because they're questions that I have been asked. Mm-hmm. You know, like the oh, you're Hispanic. Be careful, you'll have lots of kids. Yeah. I have two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have as many as I wanted. Yeah. So, you know, just like things like that, the way she describes it and the way that they talk about her skin, like it's just like, oh, you're so tan and you know, all this jazz. Like And it's, she mentioned they mentioned you're darker than your cousin. You're, yeah. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. My brothers and I are all different shades of brown. Yeah. It's so I'm half Mexican and they are full, but even like my two brothers that are full Hispanic, they are not the same shade of brown. And it just, like I said, the way she tackles these things are so real. Yeah. And I haven't met, I haven't read another author that does it as flawlessly as she does it. Yeah. Along with a fun haunting mm-hmm. story. So yeah. she gives you these very real Things that you can kind of like, yep. I, I mean, you've heard people ask me some stupid questions yeah. before. And so you have those very real things that you relate to, but also this weird, I mean, I hope you never run into a man that's 300 years old and breathes goo into your mouth. Yeah, that would be an So it's like this strange mix, but it's so freaking good. Yeah, I think everyone should read it. I do too. I wouldn't recommend this book to everybody. Like if you enjoyed the book, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, this book's not for you. Probably not, no. Because it's not the same humor. It's not the same vibe. It's not the same. But if you liked The Southerner's Guide or anything kind of... Creepy. Creepy, this one's definitely for you. You have to realize this isn't going to be that realistic in, <clears throat> in worlds. Yeah, it's just... It's a, it is an escape book. Well, and it's a totally a different, si- a different style of writing. Mm-hmm. Whereas she's descriptive, but it's Naomi describing these things. And it seems real for Naomi. Whereas in Addie LaRue, it wasn't really Addie describing these things. It was the author describing these things. So this book is 100% Naomi's, Noemi's, sorry, Noemi's point of view. And all of the things that she's seeing are how she would say it. That's true. It is fun that way. Yeah. A little more exciting. And real and fun because yeah. I'm not born in the 1950s. Yeah, and so now I heard this in 300 pages. At first, I forgot what it, the back had said, and I could tell this was a different time period. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually saw in the back that it said 1950s, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I knew it was something different." Well, I also love the cover of this book. It's so pretty. yeah, it is so pretty. <laughs> it's beautiful. We care about covers. <laughs> So you would give it a 4.5? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm giving it a 4.5 too. And what are we reading next? Next is Rhapsodic. Next we are reading Rhapsodic. Raphodic. It's a little older book. It's an older one. But it's a series, so I would assume the books after it are a little closer to now. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, there you have it, readers. We give Mexican Gothic a 4.5. Remember to like and subscribe to our channel and give us a give us a holler if you need anything or if you want us to read anything. We'd love to know what you thought of this book if you've read it, and we'd like to know what you want us to read next. You can follow us on Instagram. The Gram. The Gram. <laughs> we are bookish like that. And we'll see you next time, readers. Hundred. Let's try. He has a hundred roosters. I met you. Roosters. Well, no, maybe not roosters, but there are times they freak the fudge out, and it sounds like there's a a rooster attack. They found it.